The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Let's take uh, our, our sponsor this half hour. Uh, we're going to start it with... Uh, with Break. Break. House. Yes, that's how you remember it. Brickhouse it Nutrition. Uh, it's basically your hall pass to get away from broccoli. Jeez, my to my day. Yeah. 45 <laughs> seconds. You can get uh, all of your vegetables that you need uh, without having to deal with actually okay, so eating Okay, so I'm, I'm actually doing this. I'm, I'm drinking it every day, and I'm, I'm fine. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but then my wife put broccoli on my plate last night, and no, I'm like, I don't no need this. There's no excuse for that. No. There's no, no excuse. I don't need to eat this crap anymore. Right. right. Taking Field it's of true. Greens. Field right. of Greens. Get you all the nutrients you need from your vegetables. Uh, go to BrickHouseGlenn.com. Use promo code Glenn. You get 15 my, my You get 15% off your first order. Let it's it all hang out. BrickHouseGlenn.com. <laughs> BrickHouseGlenn.com, and the promo code is Glenn. Uh, check it out, and I think you're going to like it. They also have uh, Don to Dusk as well that you'll like. I yeah. did not eat my broccoli last night because I didn't need it. I had Field of Greens. There you go. It's yours now. Radio show starts in a second. Pat Gray, special guest. Glenn Beck. Okay, I want to make sure everybody understands I'm air quoting when I say the migrant caravan that started off in Honduras with about 2,000 people has now doubled to 5,000. And as of this morning, there are now just over 7,000 people wake, making their way north to the U.S. border. The line of people when they're not riding in the back of several mysteriously paid for trucks stretches out for over a mile. Now, I air quoted migrant and caravan for a reason. It's not a caravan. When's the last time you saw more than 7,000 people marching towards another country's border and carrying their own flag? Hmm. Answer, most of us would say never unless you served in the military and you were invading. It's not a caravan. There is no other way to describe this than an invasion. As I have said before, this is a Honduran political stunt. It was organized by a leftist Marxist group that has ties to the former Marxist president who was exiled after a coup in 2009. These people never got over it, and they've been doing political stunts ever since to make the current right-wing government look bad. The organizers of this invasion have ties to the Castros in Cuba and Maduro in Venezuela. This stunt is designed for media fallout, and it is timed very specifically for maximum exposure. Early voting for the midterms has already begun. By the time they reach the U.S. border, you will only see two things on cable news, the election polls and the status at the border. So what do we do? If the caravan is stopped in Mexico, this could help the GOP come November 6th. What's a greater example of why we need stricter border policies or even a wall after seeing this play out? Mexican immigration officers were completely overwhelmed when the caravan first crossed into Mexico. They could only process about 600 people before the remaining 5,000 just pushed through. Some on land, some just waded across the water. If these invasion caravans are a new norm, what choice do you have other than to build a wall? But let's say the caravan does reach our border. Every single media camera will be pointed, not at the migrants, 
but at the National Guard and the U.S. Border Patrol dressed in riot gear. Video will be rolling as tear gas clusters are fired at the waves of people attempting to cross. Pictures will be snapped of the people showing their rubber bullet bruises. It will be mass chaos. It will be exactly what we said a year ago will happen. It will be the Israeli-Palestinian border conflict here. None of them will be reporting on what the migrants are doing, but rather how we responded. You know who has to deal with this every single day? Israel. This is the same tactic employed by Hamas. They charge the Gaza-Israel border with thousands every single day. How does the Western media respond? By vilifying Israel every single time. That is what we can expect. Our government and Donald Trump needs to tell Mexico, if that caravan arrives at our border, you will receive zero aid. Zero We will cut off all aid. You are to stop this in your country. It is not to hit our border. This is not our problem, nor our fight. Zero aid to Mexico if this hits our border. It is time we stand and make it very clear, crystal clear, not our problem, Zero aid to Mexico. It's Tuesday, October 23rd. This is the Glenbeck program. This is the time that you grow to appreciate Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump will stand against this. Now, let me ask you, when's the last time you saw 7,500 people amass with another flag to cross a border. I would say it would probably have to be if you were in the military crossing into Iraq from Kuwait. Now, do you remember the reason why we had to wait to go into Iraq? You just don't land and go. Because you need logistics. And the logistics of moving a crowd that size is a nightmare. Otherwise, it becomes a death march because people are going to get tired. They're going to fall. They're going to be dehydrated. You don't stop at a 7-Eleven with 7,500 people to get some water. Where's just the water coming from? Where, where is the emergency aid for those who are fallen ill along the way? Where are they going to the bathroom? Have you ever gone to a McDonald's as you're traveling across the country and a tour bus has just pulled in and that has 50 people in and you're like, oh, geez. You ain't going to the bathroom there. If 7,500 people roll into town, where are all the bathrooms that they're using? Where are you stopping for food? Nobody's controlling logistics? Wow, media, this is truly spontaneous and a miracle. 
I'm expecting God to part the borders for them because God surely must be involved to keep them alive for this exodus away from Pharaoh. Unbelievable. We welcome to the program Mr. Pat Gray. Hello, Pat. Wow. The hatred I just was a party to just was deluged with. Is this I know, I know, I know. Wow. What does the president do? I, you know, the only thing he can do is send the military. What are you, what are you supposed to do? Aid, aid, cut it all off. Well, yeah, yeah, have to cut right off now. But if they right get now. here, if they get here, the military is the only solution. You can't let them in. No way. It's seventy five hundred mm. people. So, Look at they. They tried to handle it on the southern Mexico border. Yeah, they and couldn't. They, they, they were just overwhelmed. They just rushed it. Mm, yeah. So if I could uh, do my CNN impersonation briefly. Mm-hmm. So what you're asking for is them to just start shooting and killing all the people? Because <laughs> that's, uh, that's, what, that's what they were saying No, riot, riot police uh, with tear gas. And yes, if you have to, rubber bullets. Yes. Does sometimes those hurt? They, I know. They'll bruise people. Welts. The welts and you know what? Bruises? Some people might <laughs> die. Some people <laughs> might die. Don't come don't here. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Okay, we have, let's just say this. We have 7,500 people that want to release people out of our prisons. And so they're mm-hmm. just going to rush the gates, 7,500 people. What do the officers do? Do they try to fight them off? Does the, does the criminal justice system send in more troops and try to fight those people from storming the gates and opening up our prisons? Well, we wouldn't want that. I mean, it, some people could get hurt. What are you what are we talking about? Well, if there's 7500 people and they want to go into a small town and rob every single restaurant, truck stop, bank because there's 7500 of them, and there's not enough police in these small towns? Mm-hmm. Are we just going to let them take all of the money? Or do we say, no, this is a mob. This is a group of 7,500 people who are stating they are going to break the law. And they've already done it. And they're just crossing in and overwhelming. We would never let anybody mm-hmm. do that to any other thing. Why would we allow them into our country? We wouldn't let them into our towns just to just to take over our towns. We would we would never allow this to happen. Can you imagine? Have you seen just the waste and the garbage left behind? Yeah, it's amazing. They are just trashing mm-hmm. everything along the way. What? Are we just supposed to put up with that, too? You just come into our town and just trash it, and then we have to clean up the mess after you? And the question not being asked enough is, <clears throat> why are there so many young men? No, no, no. Uh, those are 18 no, no, those to 34-year-olds. No, 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 um, no, no, no. Those are disguised women, young women, women and, children and children that are that forced to look like, like 24-year-old men. Yes. Yeah. Who should be defending their own country. Yeah. Who should be making their neighborhoods better who should be fighting for their own country. Have you noticed how have you noticed how the media is just calling these guys migrants? Yeah. And not marxist protesters because that's what this is. This is a marxist protest. 
their their Marxist government, which was in bed with the Castros in Cuba and mm-hmm. Maduro in Venezuela, they were ousted in a coup because they were destroying the country. They were ousted. Just as Maduro has done in Venezuela. Correct. Same thing. So they were ousted. What happened? They get pissed off. They start coordinating with Maduro and Castro and the ousted president. They have been disrupting their own country. Now they want publicity. They want this to be a world stage. And so they started coming up towards America. They're not looking for jobs. They're not looking for a better life. This started as 3,000 people who wanted to make a Marxist point to embarrass their own country because they got rid of a Marxist dictator. We're just going to, we're fine with that? We're just fine with these people coming in. Really? What will they do if they did get jobs and decide to live here? What kind of, what kind of philosophies are they bringing with them? Oh, the media doesn't care about any of that. No. The Democrats don't care about any of that. Of course not. They don't care about these because people. They, they, they just want them here as voters. Already, they're sending out uh, all these registration forms in Texas. The Democrats uh, in Texas have sent out voter registration forms to illegals all over the state, inviting them. They've already filled out the the uh, citizenship box. Pushed, yeah, they checked yes. And sent this out to non-residents all over the uh, all over the state. That's, we have the governor want is to increase their power base. We have the governor of the state coming on in just a minute. Uh, we have Greg Abbott coming on in about ten minutes. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the massive rally for Ted Cruz and Donald Trump uh, yesterday in Houston. It was unbelievable. And the massive turnout, but this is in Harris County, which is Houston, Dallas County, which is Dallas. Those are blue areas, and it's mm-hmm. a massive turnout, massive turnout. Uh, if the the red parts of the state don't actually turn out, this state could be in big trouble because it is a massive turnout. Is there any thought uh, with the caravan of just learning from our friends to the south? And what we do is we just let people come in and we just kind of guide them until they get all the way to Canada. I mean, they're walking north. They never said necessarily they're stopping here. Uh, Canada's beautiful this kind of year, time of year. We just kind of just kind of mm-hmm. walk on the side of the streets and just kind of direct them. And we would if this was going to Canada and they were protesting Canada. I think there would be a lot of people who said, just don't cause any trouble. Just let them go to Canada. I'm sure a lot of people in Mexico are saying that. Right. Just what? It's not our problem. They just want to go to America. Just not our problem. Well, it is your problem. And if Mexico, Mm -hmm. if Canada would say to us, you stop this or we're not going to trade with you. We zero aid. Like they give us any aid. Zero, zero cheese, whatever it is. (laughs) We're not giving you any of that. As a good neighbor, we would stop it. We need to be very clear. No aid for Mexico. None. I know the president said that about Honduras and Guatemala, and I hope he backs it up. Cut that aid off right now. If Mexico withheld queso, I would just open the borders right now. I would just open them up. Come on, anybody you know. Just come on in. We we can make that ourselves. I don't don't know if you know (laughs) that, but we do have the technology. We put a man on the moon. Are you sure? Yes. Well, it was a global effort, so I don't know about the queso thing. But 
All right, our sponsor this half hour is uh, 1-800-Flowers.com. By the way, Pat Gray, unleashed a new time in the morning now uh, from mm-hmm. uh, seven, what is it? 7 to 9, seven to nine Eastern, Eastern. Yeah. 6 to 8 Central. Yeah, yeah, immediately preceding this program on the Blaze mm-hmm. Radio and TV networks. You should subscribe and listen to the podcast, do all those things. Thank Thanks, you. Pat. Yes, Thanks. thank you. Uh, fall birthday anniversary bouquets are really special. Sometimes the most meaningful flowers that you send are just because. Just because I love you. I was just thinking about you. No better way to put a bright smile on her face than by sending out a, uh, a, a you know a beautiful out of the blue bouquet from one eight hundred flowers dot com. One eight hundred flowers will get uh, your bouquet where it needs to go for a price that is unbelievable. Right now. 1-800-Flowers has a 24 for 24 offer. 24 multicolored roses for 24 bucks. That's a dollar per rose. They're in rainbows of colors. They're perfect for birthdays, anniversaries, screw-ups, or just because. Picked at their peak, they're shipped overnight to ensure their freshness. 24 multicolored roses for $24 is an unreal deal only at 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK at 24 for 24. 1-800-Flowers.com. Promo code BECK. Offer ends Friday. That rally last night was uh, something to behold here in Texas. It was gigantic. Uh, I just want to give you a reminder. When Barack Obama first got into office, remember, he was doing these giant stadiums. And 30,000, 70,000 people would show up. As soon as he was elected, by the midterms, Remember, they were shooting the... In fact, I have video of it today. They're doing it again. They're not shooting from behind, so you don't see the crowd. And Obama is out, and he's in, you know, these these rooms that are like 400 people, maybe, maybe tops 2,000. And they're shooting it, so it looks like a big crowd, but it's not. They did that in the midterms because his crowds went away. Here we are at the midterms. And Donald Trump still has these gigantic crowds. And, and listen to what, uh, can we play, Sarah, the audio that was played on the loudspeakers outside of the rally last night in Houston? Listen to this. This is a private event paid for and hosted by Donald J. Trump for President E. And you came to hear the president. To accommodate the right to free speech and peaceful assembly while ensuring an orderly rally, we have provided a secure area outside the venue for all protesters, and we ask anyone wishing to demonstrate to please exit to that secure area. Despite this accommodation, some individuals may still seek to disrupt our patriotic event, and President Trump needs your help in maintaining a peaceful atmosphere at all times. If a protest starts near you, please do not in any way touch or harm a protester. Please notify law enforcement officers of the location of the protester by holding a rally sign over your head and chanting, Trump, Trump, Trump. Encourage others around you to do the same until officers can remove the protester from the rally. We're glad you're here for this special occasion with President Donald Trump. Thank you for helping us make America great again. I can't believe we have to have those announcements, uh, but we we did. Um, and the crowd was more than enthusiastic. If I was uh, 
Robert Francis uh, O'Brien, or what's his name? O'Rourke. O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. Uh, running against Ted Cruz, I would be a little concerned um, because it was an overwhelming response from Texas, where Texans, I thought, were a little, um, I don't know, calm about this election and didn't really realize how much money Soros and others have poured in to make this a blue wave here in Texas. More than any other Senate candidate uh, for any quarter in history, thirty-eight million dollars for Beto, just for him. That's just not for Bob that's, Frank. that's not including the Soros money that is going into this state. You mean outside uh, yeah. PAC money and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, tons of that. Yes. Um, so uh, we're going to talk to the uh, governor, Greg Abbott. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the caravan and also about what's happening uh, here in our state. He's also running for re-election, but his he's so far ahead of any contender. He is. Really, the greatest governor I have ever, I've ever lived under. I mean, I've never had a governor of a state that I've been more proud of uh, than uh, Greg Abbott. Um, and obviously, a lot of Texans feel the same way because it's a, I mean, it's a runaway campaign for him. But the state of the state and the election. When we come back Glenn, with Governor back. Greg Abbott, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We are thrilled to have uh, the uh, great governor from the great state of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, on uh, with us now. Hello, Governor. How are you, sir? Glenn, I am doing terrific. How's it going? Good. It's always good to talk to you. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. First of all, early voting. Um, we're seeing this massive turnout in, uh, you know, in Houston and in Dallas uh what does this uh what does this tell you and how's the turnout around the rest of the state well this may be frustrating because the true answer is is too early to tell right here's what we don't know and and that is is this a front running of what the overall vote total will be or is it a massive wave vote uh for your listeners what we are seeing with regard to the turnout is uh smashing records uh, not just for midterm elections, which is what this is, uh, but in many of these locations, uh, the first day of voting exceeds uh, the amount of votes that took place in the presidential election on the very first day. Uh, and so uh, all we know is this, and that is a massive number of people are turning out to vote. We don't know if it's part Betomania or if it's conservatives who are saying, uh, we are afraid of this caravan that's coming up here and we want to make sure we elect people who are going to do something to stop it. Uh, but here's all I can tell your audience, and that is, if you care about the future of Texas, if you care about the future of America, you cannot sit on the sidelines this election year because there are other people out there who are casting those who may be hostile to you and your values. Your values must be counted at the ballot box. If you're listening to this, you need to make sure you go vote because a lot of other people are going to vote. So, um, Governor, a lot of times people have said, you know, that's the most important election of your life. And I was thinking about this last night. I, I've always hated that phrase. But in this particular case, we are now seeing the masks come off. Now we're seeing people who say, you know, no to capitalism, no to the Constitution. I'm a democratic socialist. Um, this is a game changing um, uh, election, is it not? 
Well, you, you captured the essence very correctly because it used to be here in Texas and maybe some other places uh, that Democrats either ran under no label or they would call themselves a conservative Democrat. Mm-hmm. And then they were a liberal and then they were a progressive. And now they are openly uh, listing themselves as socialists. And, and, and get this, because it's not just in Texas, uh, the, the leading candidate for governor in Florida uh, is an out and out. He says he is a socialist and in the Bernie Sanders style of socialism is not even further to the left. And the same thing is happening with regard to governor's races and other key races across the entire United States of America. And even here in Texas, uh, some people may not be calling themselves a socialist, but when you look at their policies, such as the open border policies, that is socialism. Uh, when you look at the uh, wealth redistribution policies, that is socialism. And here's what these people don't realize, and that is socialism is real out there. Uh, we see it in Venezuela, where the reported inflation rate in Venezuela is over a million percent. And so it's just crazy what's going on. And that is why your listeners need to understand uh, that they have the power to make sure the state in this country remain on the right track by going to vote Cast your vote. Cast I don't. Vote I, I don't think people understand. Conservatives understand how close this state is to flipping blue. There's there's only a few counties that are really uh, a linchpin here, and uh, you know, unbeknownst to most people, Soros has dumped millions of dollars into this state for a long term plan of of turning us into California. Well, you're right, and, and so many of your listeners need to understand this, and that is that George Soros has been involved in Texas elections for the past couple of cycles. Uh, two years ago, he gave a half a million dollars uh, directly to a candidate in Harris County down in Houston. Uh, this year, he gave a million dollars directly to a candidate in San Antonio. On top of that, he has funded these ground games to get out the vote, and so he is trying to turn Texas uh, into California. And that's on top of all this money pouring in from California for candidates like Beto. Uh, But let's go back to the first part of your question. And and listeners, think about this. Uh, All the large cities where the population bases are in the state of Texas are really blue cities and blue counties. You have uh, Dallas, you have Houston, you have San Antonio, you have Austin, you have El Paso. And so you have these massive blue regions across the state of Texas. That makes it so much harder uh, for uh, people who are conservative, people uh, who are, are Republican, to be able to uh, cobble together the votes that are needed to make sure that we keep Texas the bastion of freedom, the bastion of liberty, uh, and the bastion of conservatism. And so uh, every vote counts, and, and we really need to get people excited and enthusiastic about this the same way they were uh, last night when we were in Houston, Texas. I'm, I'm telling you what, people are fired up and they are ready, but we need people to go vote. Tell me a little bit about the caravan. Is there do we have any idea other than the, you know, political leanings of this group uh, when it was back in Honduras? Do we have any idea just the logistics? Who is behind this and what we're prepared to do? Sure. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak with both uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security as well as the President about this. And I, I can tell you what I can tell you publicly. And, and that is, uh, if you think these are people who are uh, leaving Honduras or Guatemala or wherever they're coming from, uh, just trying to escape violence and, and come seek asylum, uh, that is incorrect. Uh, this is very well organized. It's funded. Uh, there are There are others who are behind this. And very importantly, 
uh, in this caravan are not just people from Honduras and Guatemala. Uh, we know that some of the leaders of it are, are involved in MS-13. We know, we know that some of the people in it are from countries across the entire globe. Uh, there are what we use in the, in the lingo SIAs, which are uh, special interest aliens uh, who pose uh, a very real dangerous threat uh, to the security of the United States of America who were embedded in these caravans. Right. Uh, well, uh, so- Univision just reported this morning that there were people with terrorist ties uh, from Malaysia involved and embedded in this. And and I've heard the same thing with with regard to uh, terrorists coming from countries other than Malaysia. And, and think about this. If these people really were trying to escape a horrific life from whatever country they're coming from, why is it that they are marching with the flag of the country that they are coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, they they are not coming to the United States of America to make the United States of America a better place. They're not coming to the United States to escape uh, and, and seek asylum from the dangers they have. In fact, it, it, there were multiple reports on TV last night. Any channel would have shown it. Uh, of the interviews of these people in the caravan, and they were talking about what, what's their strategy uh, when they get to the U.S. And they said it's very simple, and that is our numbers far overwhelm the United States' ability uh, to uh, go through the asylum process for all these people. So they they have been taught and know already that their strategy uh, is to basically rush the gates so much that the U.S. loses control. Let me tell you something: if we lose control of our border, if we lose lose control of our sovereignty. We are no longer a sovereign nation, and we must step up and use every tool that we can to make sure uh, that we put an end uh, to this caravan. Because understand this, Glenn, also, and that is this may be two or three or 5,000 people, but if they make it in, right behind them mm-hmm. will be a caravan of 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. Right behind them will be a caravan of 50,000 people. And the United States of America, as we know it, will be forever altered if we don't do something to stop this. You know the press is going to treat us like the Israelis and the caravan like the Palestinians. Um, is the president leaning on the president of Mexico and threatening to cut off all? I mean, if I mean, I think so, this is the time to really lean hard and say this is not our problem. Turn them around, or we'll cut off all aid with with Mexico. Is there a chance of this? Well, the, the, the president has been outspoken about cutting off aid to Honduras and Guatemala. Right now, the, the, the United States is working collaboratively, and, and, and this may be hard to believe, so I want to emphasize it. Uh, the U.S. is working collaboratively with Mexico. Mexico has made a decision that they have not made in the past. Mexico is working with the United Nations uh, to try to uh, work on uh, temporary settlement uh, of these caravan members in Mexico, oh my and gosh. so Mex- Mexico is, is actually playing uh, a, a very beneficial role in this whole process with us right now, and we applaud Mexico for what they are doing, uh, at least as of this moment in time. Are they headed towards Texas? No, no invasion plans of the United States with the former Soviet Union ever included Texas because they knew Texans would not take kindly to the invasion force. Are they headed towards would, Texas or California? I will tell you what, our, what was reported publicly last night, and I will not dispute it. And, and that is uh, early on, before yesterday, uh, there was great concern that they were headed for Texas. And it was reported last night that they are headed toward California. Now, that makes sense because, as you know, uh, California is a 
sanctuary state. Yeah. And, and they, they would welcome this caravan and 10 more caravans like it. And, and, and these caravan members and the leaders of this caravan, uh, they understand one thing, and that is uh, if they try to breach the gates in Texas, uh, we're not going to tolerate it. And we're going to be very uh, you know, protective of our sovereignty here. And so uh, I can't tell you for certainty right now where they are going. Uh, I can tell you what was said and what makes sense, and that is they may be headed to California. Last question. Still, the, the, the same is, you know, once they're in the United States, they're in the United States. Right. And once they're here, they, they can migrate anywhere. Right. Um, your campaign is going really well. You're a great governor, and um, and I don't think your election is, uh, is uh, going to be um, uh, in jeopardy at all. How is how is uh, Ted Cruz? How how is Ken Paxton? How is Dan Patrick? Well, listen. All these all these races are closer than what people realize, and is because uh, we we need to understand uh, that this, the the liberals or socialists, whatever you want to call them these days, uh, they've galvanized their forces and they're turning out their vote early, and so uh, it, it's too hard to tell right now. And because they are so close. Uh, I am going uh, across the entire state of Texas, campaigning every single day in multiple cities to help uh, Republicans up and down the ballot to make sure that we are going to have policies that are antagonistic to, to open borders, to make sure we have policies uh, that cut your taxes, that cut your regulations, uh, that improve our schools. And so it's very important uh, that people turn out, uh, they vote. Uh, your listeners have a lot at stake in their own personal lives uh, based upon what's going to happen in this election. And every vote is going to matter because the voter turnout is at skyrocket levels right now. And if you're listening and you have not voted, you need to go vote uh, because your future is at stake. But today, for example, uh, when we hang up, I'm headed to uh, Belton to go campaign for some people there. I'm going to be uh, in Dallas County later on today. I'm going to be in Denton County later on. Uh, in, in the week and then Tarrant County. So I'm, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in, in North Texas and in South Texas, East Texas and West Texas uh, to make sure that we win these elections from the top of the ballot to the bottom of the ballot. Craig, always going to, good to talk to you. Thank you, Governor. I appreciate it. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Yep. Stay safe. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. By the way, Texas uh, matters uh, to you. If Texas goes blue, you then have New York, Texas, California. You don't win an election again. Uh, they have taken the electoral college uh, every single time. Texas must remain red. And for another reason, we're creating anywhere between 30 and 50% of all of the new jobs in America are coming out of Texas. Hello? Why do you think that's happening? Sponsor this half hour is LifeLock. For more than three years, software vulnerability in Google Plus social media network gave third-party developers potential access to users' private profile information. More than uh, 490,000 users shared private profile data with a friend they may have had their their files accessed. Google says no evidence any data has been misused, but it can be misused at any time. With your personal information from data exposure, criminals can open accounts, file tax returns, and buy property. So many threats in today's connected world. It just takes one weak link, and criminals are in. 
That's why there's the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. It adds the power of Norton Security to help protect against the threats to your identity and to your devices that you're not able to see on your own. Now, nobody can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock, with the new Norton Security, can see threats that you might miss on your own. So call LifeLock now. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. Get an extra 10% off your first year plus an additional $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. That's promo code BECK. Terms and conditions to apply. Glenn Beck. Can we talk about something fun? Some fun to do? Getting together with people who are actually making a difference uh, and who are doing it quietly? Uh, Mercury One is having their annual M1 ball uh, and uh, raffle. This is how we pay for the operations and the staff and the flights and everything that we can actually say then to you that every dime raised for a hurricane or an earthquake or a wildfire goes to that cause goes right directly to those people um we have a ball that we can raise all the money for all of the office expenses and i want to always make it fun for you or give you something uh in return so our m1 ball is happening november 17th first time it's going to be here at the studios the studios are absolutely magical at night uh, this is just a this is like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory at night. It really is. So for the first time, we're going to have this ball at the studios here in Las Colinas, Texas. We would love for you to come. You can uh, grab your tickets at Mercury one dot org slash M one ball. My wife and I are hosting it uh, and we're thrilled to have you. Uh, so it is going to sell out. So go to Mercury one dot org slash M one ball. Also. We're giving away a brand new Mercedes. If you could uh, buy a raffle ticket, you might win a brand new Mercedes. The people who won the, I think it was a a beautiful truck that we gave away last year. They're coming in. We're flying them in to pull the winning ticket uh, for hopefully you. Uh, support the uh, support the efforts of Mercury One. Go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball. See you at the ball and buy a Glenn raffle ticket. Back. Mercury. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour. On tour this fall. Glenn The Glenn Beck Program. Election by numbers. So Stu is here because he's the biggest geek I know. And uh, it's this time of of the year that I love talking to him Mm -hmm. uh, because he knows what all the polls mean. He he knows which ones are credible, which ones aren't. And he's been highly accurate over the years. So just, welcome to the... Just a quick thing. Are you saying you don't like to talk to me other times yeah, of the that's year? That's exactly what I... That's okay. what America heard. It's a little hurtful, Yeah, uh, but I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, interesting. We talked a little bit about this with Greg Abbott uh, as far as the early vote is going in Texas. Day mm-hmm. one of early vote was yesterday. And to give you a sense of, of how passionate the uh, populace is right now when it comes to voting in this election, and this is the Cruz-Beto election, which is mainly driving this. At least that's the speculation. Uh, the last two midterm elections, first day, were something like ten and 11,000 votes 
in Dallas County, very blue area. Um, this year, uh, fifty-seven thousand. Fifty-seven thousand on five, day one. Five times what they had. Now that's that's equal the number of of what they did in the presidential election in twenty sixteen, um, which is much. You know, the engagement's much higher typically. Now this, this seems to this, be a different election. Yeah, this is a a blue area of Texas, so this may mean a tsunami. For, for Beto. Yeah, and I, you know, I tend to believe that uh, one of the benefits of getting $38 million in a quarter is you can get your voters out. Uh, mm-hmm. They will spend a lot of money to make sure that people get out to the polls, and that's what Beto is going to do. That does not necessarily mean that he's going to win this election, but I will say, if you don't get out there and vote, uh, he's yeah. going to. If Texans thought, well, it's over, I mean, look at the turnout for Donald Trump, somebody else will vote. No. Now, uh, what if you hope really hard? That no, Cruz again, wins? that does not work. What if you wish on a magic lamp no, that Cruz wins? But I have a magic lamp update for you that's very important after the polls. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, looking at the Senate here, real quick, uh, Cruz seems to still have his seat leaning Republican, though it's not locked up yet. We have a little, uh, a couple of changes, and I think a couple of things that were confirmed. I've been speculating that two Senate seats were resolved, basically with the Kavanaugh vote. Uh, And those two were Joe Manchin in West Virginia, who voted for Kavanaugh. Uh, My speculation was he was going to win that race. And then in North Dakota, which had been a close race for a while, but Heidi Heitkamp decided to vote against Kavanaugh. And I thought that sealed her fate as a loss. And polls yesterday back up both of those things. Um, We've moved those both now into safe Republican and safe Democratic seats, no longer leaners. Um, uh, yeah, Heidkamp is now down by 16 in the latest poll, 56 Jeez. to 40. And Manchin is up by 16, 52 to 36 in the latest polling there. Um, I mean, to give you a, a sense of where that is, I mean, Diane Feinstein in the latest polling is up by 18. So, I mean, these are now no longer competitive races at this time. As I mean, you shouldn't vote for who you want to vote for. But uh, it, we're not looking at those you know, with really close uh, coverage at this point. They do not seem to be close. Uh, Minnesota is interesting. We have that as a, uh, a solid uh, uh, Democratic uh, seat at the moment. Um, there's two races going on there, one of which is the race to replace Al Franken, uh, in which Tina Smith is running. She is the appointed senator now, uh, and she's trying to hold that seat. And that race is a couple of polls. Uh, the last couple of days have shown her... Uh, to be a little bit more vulnerable than it was uh, previously believed. Uh, the race is now down to about six points in the latest poll. Whether that holds or not, it's hard to tell. It's 47-41 in the latest poll. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I, I feel like uh, conservatives and Republicans get teased by Minnesota a lot, and you think, oh, well, maybe this time is going to be the time, and a lot of times it never is. Uh, but we saw that in the presidential election, too. I mean, we, how many times did Pennsylvania seem like it was, oh, then maybe that's going to happen, and it never did until this last election where it did turn over. Uh, I think the more interesting race, though, is the one for attorney general in Minnesota. We know this one because Keith Ellison is running, and normally I don't think we talk about a specific attorney general race. It's not necessarily of national interest. This one with Keith Ellison, I think, is. Ellison was up by five points in the last poll. However, that poll happened right before... All of these sort of accusations started flowing against Keith this Ellison. This is not true, though, is it? Him in the bathroom with the guy. Is that true? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what allegation that is. Oh, you I don't? don't? 
There was a new allegation that came I out. I don't I, want to repeat it. I believe you're thinking of Cory Booker. There was an oh, there yeah, was that an was Cory Booker. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. yes. Okay, a little bit. Sorry. Corey that Booker, one's not true, is it? I mean, I don't. As I think you should always uh, approach these things. You are innocent until proven yes, guilty. There's not even yes, charges yes. against Cory Booker. Right. There's one person making... You know, and then there's people making these things about every politician Everybody, these days, yep. which is why, by the way, you don't believe all women. In Correct. this case, I believe it's a man making yes, the accusation. But we don't believe all women. We don't believe all accusations, Correct. particularly against powerful people, because there's incentive there to make them. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the way I think you're supposed to handle it. It's why innocent until proven guilty is a thing. Uh, and I think with not only uh, Cory Booker, but also, also Keith Ellison, I think you have to look at those things with some level of skepticism. A lot of times these relationships break up and there's things said and who knows. There's much more evidence, however, with Keith Ellison's allegation. Huge evidence. It's not even close to comparing to what they were talking about with Kavanaugh. And everyone, you know, half the country believed Kavanaugh should be, you know, I don't know, put in prison mm-hmm. for what happened. So what's interesting here is the Democratic Party has completely abandoned their believe all women thing when it comes to Keith Ellison. They don't care about it. Keith Ellison can do whatever he wants. They've completely ignored these allegations. What's fascinating is the people of Minnesota don't seem to be doing the same thing. Now, remember, Ellison was up by five points before these things happened. Latest poll came out. He now trails 43 to 36. He is now down by seven points in Minnesota. Wow. This is a powerful Democrat, one of the top people from the DNC, uh, very well known, is on TV all the time. And she's she's credible. She's a Democrat. She doesn't have an axe to grind. She yeah. dated him for a very long time. There's video. There's witnesses. There's doctor reports at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, again, is a very reluctant witness who doesn't want to hurt the Democratic Party. Right. She'd rather have Ellison out and another Democrat win. She doesn't want right. the opponent to win. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's an amazing one. So that one, 43-36, is a surprise. I mean, that is not something that I think anybody, certainly in the Democrats, when they thought they had Ellison running for that post, they thought they had that wrapped up. Uh, instead, it's 43-36. So right now, do we have a Senate control thing we could talk about real quick before we go? Uh, if there's a, You're looking at... Uh, right now, uh, 44 Four. seats uh, that are safe for Republicans, 37 for Democrats. If you add in what you have, excuse it's 46, excuse me, 46. Yep. If you add in the solid Republican seats and the leaning Republican seats, you can get to 50. Just by doing that, you don't have to win any toss-up races. That includes uh, Tennessee, which is... Uh, still very close. A poll came out yesterday that had the Democrat up by one point, though overall it looks like a Republican is still uh, ahead there, uh, Blackburn. And then in Texas, still a leaning Republican, though Cruz looks safer than he did a few uh, a month or so ago. In the middle, you've got uh, another six races that are toss-ups. That's going to give you, if this holds up, going to give you what is the level of the advantage for Republicans. If they can go three of six, they're going to be at 53 seats and expand their advantage. If they can... If they can pull off six of six they're gonna have a big time advantage and get to get a lot of things passed uh so you know that level of whether it's uh i mean they could still lose it too they could easily still lose it it's mm-hmm. possible but that level of between 50 and 56 is, is kind of what we're talking about now and uh, you know that is a um, big difference uh so it could be a major thing especially if you can hold on to the house which looks a little bit better than it did a couple weeks ago but is still on the unlikely side Election by numbers. On the it's Glenn Tuesday, Beck program. October twenty third. This is the Glenbeck program.
All right, well, I'll uh, take a break and um, tell you about our spots, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you about, I mean, there's a real problem, and you haven't even, you haven't even considered it, Stu. Really? No. Well, you know that witches are out putting hexes on Donald Trump. You know that, Witches right? are, I, I did not know that. You not. haven't been keeping track of all of the 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 witches that are putting hexes on Donald Trump and and uh, Ted Cruz and others? And what are they, what are the... Hexes. What are the hexes actually intended to accomplish? Destroy them. To destroy them. Yeah. I have not seen this, no. Oh, okay. Well, I've, it- I've kind of brushed that off myself. I mean, I'm up on it, but I've kind of brushed that off. I'm like, ah, witches. No, there is something else mm. that uh, we now have from a credible source that I think every American, especially women, need to be aware of. And that's coming up in just a second. Did you happen to see... This story, Stu. IMF financial warnings and the escalation in the central bank gold buying in Hungary is making the news. Hmm. Hungary has increased its gold reserves by 1,000% due to increasing, quote, safety concerns. This is the first time since 1986 that Hungary's central bank is buying gold bullion, and it's a lot of it, up 31.5 tons of gold. Uh, they also have repatriated their gold from the Bank of England to Budapest. Central banks in Europe are diversifying or moving in and repatriating to take possession of the gold in their own country. Hmm, we've been talking about that for a while. Really? Hmm. I haven't noticed that. Uh, Hungary and Poland are the most recent central banks to do this, but Austria, the Netherlands, and the Germans were the first to do it. Uh, They have been repatriating their gold from the Bank of England and the Federal Reserve in recent months and years. Should have just bought it from Goldline. Would have been a lot easier. Right. Why ask for it back when it doesn't really exist? The reason why repatriation of gold is dangerous is because of a word. And write this down. Oh, no. You're not going to do the rehypothecation thing again, are you? I'm just saying. Write it it down. When you hear it, your blood will run cold. When you hear people actually talking about, well, the problem is rehypothecation. That's when you head to the mountains. (laughs) That's when you. (laughs) That's that's, That's the only reason why I bring this word up. When you read about it in a serious way, that they are now starting to discuss rehypothecation. That's when you run for the hills. Okay. Right now, we're at the beginning of that possible wonderful thing by um, you know everybody claiming their gold, and whose gold really is it all, and all of the central banks buying more gold. Chi, hmm, what is it that they know that perhaps you don't know? May I suggest you call Goldline, and I'm not asking you to buy any gold. I just want you to read just their report that is out now on what a Democratic victory may mean to the United States and to your financial uh, status. Read it. Read the report. I've read it. I recommend you share it with everyone you know. Get the Goldline special midterm election report right now by calling Goldline at 1-866-GOLDLINE. Don't wait. Get this information now. Uh, The future can change quickly, very quickly. 
Call now for your free report at 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Sean Spicer is going to be in the studio with us uh, today. He's going to be uh, joining us for the News and Why It Matters, a new podcast available uh, wherever you uh, download your podcasts. Also on The Blaze, you can uh, watch the whole thing on The Blaze TV. Just subscribe. Um, the um, uh, It'll be interesting to see what Sean Spicer has to say about the caravans and also what he has to say about the gin problem that we have. The gin problem is alcoholism. No, Why would he no, have any particular no, insight no, no, on it? Okay. All right. Well, I see you're not willing to talk about the real issues. So let me just talk to the audience here on the real issues. Um, we have a uh, we have a um, uh, Islamic cleric now who's come out and explained what's really going on. And can we play that audio, please, Sarah? This is a. And don't forget that there are other creations besides men. Besides men. There are men who are going to look at you. But at the same time, a jinn may fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. And this is something very, very common. Mm-hmm. I had a case where a jinn had possessed a sister. She was waiting at the bus stop and the jinn fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. She was walking through a park and the jinn followed her. She was mm-hmm. waiting at the bus stop and the jinn fell in love with her. And it actually possessed her. Mm. And when they fall in love, they're very, very difficult to remove because their love is like almost a blind type of love. It's like, I would rather die than leave this individual. Love is like oxygen. That's what's happening here. That's the gin problem. So, so, uh, the, what, so a gin hmm? is... Gin, you know, like a genie. A genie. Yeah. So if you don't wear your... Headscarf. Headscarf. Yeah. A genie will fall in love with you uh, and you can't get it out of your body? Well, what happens is they, uh, if you don't have a, a cloth, uh, cloth device, as he described it, a cloth device uh, covering your head, uh, the gin can go right through your skull uh, and, uh, and just live in your brain. So, but it can't get through cloth? No. No, of course not. No, no, no. Uh, so um, he's recommending that uh, women, you, you don't have to worry just about men. You got to cover yourself because gins are out there. And I don't know about you, but the gin problem at my house has <laughs> yeah. been a problem for a long time. I, you almost never wear a headscarf. Well, no, it's for ladies only. Oh, okay. Yeah, for ladies only. So, but Tanya doesn't wear a headscarf. And I come home, I'm tired, I've worked a hard day, and I get home and I'm like... Has a gin fallen in love with you today? <laughs> I tense, uh... And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, you know what? I can, I can send. And then I have to get the gin out of her. Uh, and then I do not do this at home. Please put it in a glass bottle. Not only a plastic bad for the environment, but also they burn right through those things. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. this isn't a, uh, an opportunity to control one of the two genders with. Uh, no. No. It's not. It's this is no. This, this is, is all about real, gins and genies. This is a real, yeah. Gins, genies, ghouls. Ghouls can do this ghouls too. Ghouls can do this too. Yeah. Ghouls are really, really dangerous. <laughs> They're very are. clever. They're very clever. So ghouls might come through the head mm-hmm. and fall in love with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, genies will. Well, well I mean, sorry, do. gins. Gins will fall in love with you. 
What, well, what do genies and ghouls do? Well, genies, I'm not really sure what a genie. I does. thought they just granted wishes. That they're evil characters. I don't too? know. I don't know. Mm. I I don't. Uh, if I ever see like a teapot, I don't rub it to have the genie come out. Which is strange because why he's trapped when there's an opening right there in the you know in the in the lantern. There's an opening right there. Right, and I, I think I would it's make the sealed. same point with with the cloth device. First of all, cloth does not seem difficult to penetrate. But secondly, there is mm. an opening for the eyes. I mean, the the genie could just go kind of go right through there to get into the head of the person, right? They no, they don't. I mean, just from a pragmatic no, they don't perspective. You just go right through there. It's open no, as long all as you're wearing gloves, a full body, you know, uh, covering. And then your head is wrapped, and you just have the eyes. Now, your eyes can be used to uh, uh, lure a man. Even just if the eyes, if you look at a man just right, you can say, you know, it's not like, you know, look how they're dressed. It's look how they were looking at me, Your Honor. And so you can, uh, you know, you can be bewitched, if you will, think, by, a, by a woman's eyes. I think even in this enlightened Me Too era, mm-hmm. we can all come together and say, if a woman looks at you, you know, what are you going to do, right? Exactly right. I mean, you know. Exactly it's, right. It's, it's, this is, Especially <laughs> if she's been possessed by a djinn. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the thing. We were talking about this off the air a little bit because, you know, Donald Trump used the word nationalist yesterday. Mm-hmm. We were talking about nationalism. And well, in the definition of nationalism, and its history is is at times very disturbing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, what you know, I don't know. If, I'm sure that's not obviously. No one is citing the really bad examples of nationalism as a, as where we're trying to go. If you're Donald Trump, you're not saying, "Oh, we want to be like those terrible countries." He seems to be referring to it as like, "Look, we're the best country, and we should be we're proud, patriotic, and we have a great, the best you know culture, and mm-hmm. when, and we should be uh, you know patriotic and 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 be uh, you know sure." excited about that mm-hmm. when you talk like this though when you t- when you play a clip like that it's hard to kind of argue that we don't have a superior culture in a lot of ways you know i, I like i kind of well, feel you're like only saying that because you've probably been possessed by a gin or a ghoul this is the gin talking right. and now it's a different kind of gin <laughs> that's right it came with time because i've had a lot yeah. of of gin talk before yeah. in my life I gotta say, and it's trouble. Yeah, it, it's it trouble. can get you into trouble. Yeah, leave it in the bottle. As a man leave who uh, did a, sixty shots of beer on a program yeah. recently, live on the air, right. it can be an issue. Mm. But I, I think I'm okay saying that a culture that embraces women as equals is superior to a culture that that puts them, won't let them drive, and and forces them to dress a specific way that you can't even see their face. Like that. Is, that I mean, they well, may have great just, things in the are, culture, but this those is, are all just social constructs. It may be a social right. construct. It's a good social no. construct. Sometimes things are built and they're good. No. It's a good piece of construction. No, not, not from the West. Not from the West. Which brings me back to the caravan when we come back. So let's talk about the caravan for a second. Uh, because we really need to decide uh, what we think about this and what we're going to do about it. What do you think... We should do about it. And you need to have this conversation with all of your friends right now. What do you call people, 7,500, who are political Marxist activists? That's what they are. Political Marxist activists marching with the Honduran flag in protest that their Marxist government was ousted in Honduras. 
what what do you call them as they're marching towards our border? They're not refugees. They chose to leave their country. They're fine in their country. They were trying to get a do a political stunt. So what what are these people? Where did they get the money? Who's doing the supply chain? How? How do you even have the bathroom services all along the way? Who's providing medical aid so it's not a death march? You can't march 2,500 miles and expect everybody to be okay and in good health when they arrive. Things happen. What, who's providing medical aid? Who's providing the water? Who's providing the trucks that so far we haven't seen anywhere else? We aired them yesterday on the news and why it matters. In fact, Sarah, I don't know if we have this video, but if we could play this uh, video, uh, if you have it, the video of uh, these migrants being loaded up into giant semi trucks. They're being trucked from place to place, from photo opportunity to photo opportunity. Yeah, you pointed this out. Look at this. I, I, I didn't notice it initially, but there's there's women walking with strollers, and it's like, well, a stroller is not designed for a thousand mile walk. No, right? Like that's not how no. that happens. This no. is uh, they're getting out, they're grouping up, they're right. walking for a couple miles. Cameras get them, then they get back in trucks and, and they get and they dri- they drive. Look at the uh, video again. Roll that video again, please. Tell me how many women you spot climbing into the back of this semi truck <clears throat> just count them you can just count them just right now you want yeah, to count, just count. You the uh, well you, and you, you want all uh, of them counted right one all of them counted one, yeah just count one one and, and you said and by the way just to clarify you want you want me to individually point out the women that are the women that are cl- okay. in that big crowd okay, the women got, that you can see you got the one there one. and then uh, on the um one mm. okay now so this isn't women and children who are these people? Uh, we know that MS, uh, MS-13 now has embedded uh, people into this group. I mean, it's now 7,500 people. And I want to play some audio. Uh, this is, let me see if I can get the right one. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's CNN and Cuomo. Can you play this here? on what the military is going to do. But look, it's not about whether you're going to have the right to do it. That's why I waved away the idea about domestic law enforcement. Rick, if you put military down there, we know what the God forbid is in this situation. And then how does it play? How is that good for anybody if, because, you know, you're not going to turn away thousands and thousands of people, even if people start getting shot. Hmm. And what message does that send? Who wins in that? I don't think they're going to wind up in the country, uh, Rick and Ken. I don't think that it has to happen that way. But I'll tell you what, if you have if you have a must happen, what do you think is is worse for America to have thousands of people come in that shouldn't be here and you have to chase them around and process them or to kill a bunch of people on the border who are coming in? What do you think is worse for America, Ken? Yeah, you're you're going to extremes here. And I want to adopt something you said earlier which is the National Guard approach. National Guard troops are trained to deal with riots. I expect to see military and National Guard and Border Patrol in riot gear. That's how I expect this to be handled at the border if they're not coming in at entry points. And to turn them away right there, it's an invasion. Treat it as an invasion. Turn them away. You see these as an invading force, these people? They're not coming in legally. Now, the media is trying to say, wait a minute. 
wait a minute, this is not an invasion, invasion force, and how can we turn these poor people away? And I want you to listen to all of the people on television that are now saying, we are a country that has always had open arms to migrants. We are always a country that, I mean, our, our values uh, have always, our greatest strength is our tolerance and our welcoming spirit. Really? It's coming from the left. Because I've always felt that way, but you've always told me that we have a rape culture, not a tolerant culture. I've always thought we welcomed immigrants in, but you've always told us that we hate anything that is foreign. I've always believed that our our laws reflected a, a nation of immigrants, but you have always said that our laws are racist and have, from the beginning, been a system of oppression. So which is it? Which is it? How can you tell me that we've always been a country that is welcoming immigrants and our laws are set up as a nation of immigrants and yet tell me that we are the most oppressive, monstrous society ever that only embraces a rape culture. You can't have it both ways. Which are we? Are we a, are we a country that, is, that embraces a, a rape culture? Or as, or as any rational non-Marxist postmodernist might say, or are we a little of both? Are we, are we a country that tries to be this way and sometimes we fail? But see, you can't really say that because then you can't throw the baby and the bathwater out, which is what we've been saying. Hey, baby is a good thing. The bathwater may need to be changed. But let's not throw the baby out, too. But that's not been your argument. The radicals, those who don't believe in any kind of border security at all, you're the one leading the charge that we stole this land. That this land doesn't belong to us. That we're all afraid because we're white people and white people are bad. And now you're on television saying that we've always had this culture that welcomes immigrants. Well, see, um, it is true. We've always had a culture that has welcomed immigrants. We are a nation of immigrants. But we have also felt that you've always needed to come here and not want to dismantle us. That you came here because <clears throat> because you saw the American dream. And most immigrants do. Most immigrants see the American dream. and They've come from someplace else. You notice these guys are coming from Honduras. They're not stopping in Mexico. Why? They would probably have an easier life in Mexico just blending in. They speak the language. Why, why would you come to America? And why not just walk through America up to Canada? They've got free health care. Think of that. They have all kinds of anti-hate laws and speech laws. 
They're a progressive utopia. They have free universal health care. Why not just march through us and go to Canada? Because one of two things, either Canada is not the beacon. America is for all those who are the poor and the tired and the huddled masses. Or this is a political move. You're not going to Canada because it's not about you, your life, the job. It's a political move. It's to destabilize. To help push a country over the edge. Now, I don't know which one it is. But I do know this. 7,500 people coming across our border in mass is not helpful. And shouldn't happen. You lose control of your borders. Let me ask you this. If all of a sudden planes just started taking over DFW or the airport in your area. All of a sudden, just planes were just landing and SeaTac completely lost control of the sky. And they're just landing planes. And SeaTac, the tower is saying, hey, guys, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing? Can't land here. Can't land here. Would you be okay with that? Or would you think that might cause chaos and might be dangerous? Would you think that if SeaTac Airport cannot control the skies, if they lose control of their airport, they're not really an airport. Why does that work for an airport, but it doesn't work for a country? We lose control of our borders and people are just coming whenever they want and they can just get a big, huge mass of people. Because if 7,500 people can do it, surely they can get 20,000. And they will try 20,000. And they will. Works, right? And if you let them through, congratulations. You're in. Once you lose control of your borders, you don't have a country anymore. Might be hard to find, um, you know, really good craftsmanship and people who really care about their product. Simply Safe, they're a group of people that they don't have a problem with this one. You, if you are a customer of Simply Safe, you know they care about the product. You know, you see it in the craftsmanship. You see it in, uh, quite honestly, in their um, their cameras. They have cameras that you can put in the house so you can watch everything. But the cameras, they have a, a, a shutter on them. And I saw them when they were in development, and they were supposed to come out, I don't know, in like six months. And then, for some reason, they just disappeared, and they, they never introduced them. And I had wondered and wondered and wondered. And it was about a year, year and a half later that they finally came in and said, the camera's done. What were you waiting for? They put the cameras in, and the people who work at Simply Safe put them in their house, and they said, I feel a little uncomfortable because you never know if the camera's on or not. Most people say, put a little LED light on it. They didn't like that. They decided they had to put a shutter on it, and then they started looking for shutters that would make the right noise so when it went and closed, you could hear it. And then they had to find the right material that could do it you know, 5,000 times without any kind of wear or tear on it. That's the work that Simply Safe puts into your system. You own it, and there's no contract for the monitoring. And the monitoring is only $14.95 a month. That's it. 
You get 10% off your system, and you won't believe how inexpensive it is. It's simplysafebeck.com. Per, 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 uh, protect your family uh, and trust the company that we trust for our business and for our home. Simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. Simplysafebeck.com. You know, uh, we had um, we have we had um, Governor uh, Abbott on with us, and uh, he said mixed inside of that seven thousand you know migrant caravan are MS thirteen leadership and uh, members embedded in there. Now these are actual gang rapists. Now I'm waiting for the left. I can't wait for the left to pounce on this. How dare you say that gang rapists are in that caravan when they had absolutely no problem calling someone else a gang rapist without proof just recently? Not a problem. I thought that was okay now. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was fine. And with MS-13, they are gang rapists. We know they are. Certainly, some of them are for sure. Well, I think that's part they're of they're in the, a gang, and, and some of them are rapists. Yeah, sure. well, I think that's part of the thing of getting in. You have to, you have to rape to to join, to rape and kill. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on this year's uh, subscription. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. I don't need the membership no, it's card. Free. It's free. Though. All you have to do is just rape. Uh, yeah. No. Thank. No. Thank you. Kill uh, is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go a different direction. Okay. Is MS12 available? Is that <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no? They're okay. defunct. Oh they're no. Defunct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. MS13 in the United States constantly is is. This is just a Donald Trump fever dream. This is nothing. This is not a big deal. Where they're killing people at four times the rate as, of school shootings. So if you think uh, MS13 isn't an issue, you probably don't think school shootings are an issue. Which I tend to hear. A lot of people on the left speak very loudly mm-hmm. about school shootings when they go on and mm-hmm. what exactly is that cause uh, for them. So, I mean, I, I, like MS-13 is a real issue. I mean, and this goes to a, a deeper part of this, which is you it's not even like if let's just say we thought they were all really good people. We didn't know that there were any gang members in there. That's still let's just say they Again, can't you, come in that way. You don't come in that way. That's you have to have a process to be able to decide whether people should come into your country or not. That is not our, a, it's not a hateful thing. If if you have a problem, if you look at our, if you look at you know uh, Black Friday and say, oh my gosh, people are animals getting into a Walmart. Yeah, well, that's what this is going to be. Seventy five hundred people trying just to push through and open those doors. That's all I'm doing. It's and this is Black Friday Walmart. This That's is it. Going to be fascinating to watch because you know, there's a good chance that you know, as as Greg Abbott talked about, that you know Mexico doesn't want to deal with the pressure from the United States on this issue. They're going to try to find a place to settle them within Mexico. So it's a good outcome. Hopefully Better not happens. be on our borders because you know what that is. That's the Palestinian people. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know. We don't know. I mean, I think the point of them doing that is to not anger us, right? So you would think that they would do it in a way uh, to avoid that. And sure, as, the and, UN's going to be very helpful. Again, I mean, the governor of Texas <laughs> did I know, just I know. say that. So I know. I, I do I think know. there's some it's, reason to believe it's possible. But let's no, say it do- if it doesn't happen and they get here and try to overrun the border, this thing is going to be a mess because you'll have the media making it look like our our border guard, our our, our national guard are the worst people on earth, and our people you know, are not going to stand for it. 
And people are I, just people are not going to stand, stand for, for seventy five hundred people trying to run over nope. our, our border guard either. They're not. Uh, it's a that is a that's going to be a real mess. Hopefully, yep. it just goes away. <laughs> yep. That's, like, that's how I like to deal with my problems. I just well, hope they go away. It's really up to Mexico. Stop them or lose all aid. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. We should talk about my home being stolen. Uh, your home was stolen as well. Uh, well, mine almost. was yeah. Mine was mine was stolen uh, just as a uh, just to show you how easy it is to steal. Yeah, and my and and I've seconds. taken steps through security and everything else to make my home even more impenetrable. And they said now in today's world that actually has made it worse. What? Which of, of course, right? Yeah. Once you take all these steps, then it makes it worse. Home Title Lock are the people who did this because they wanted to show us how easy it was. And it's just a couple of forms that you file with local government and a, a fake notary stamp. And all of a sudden, someone's got control of your mortgage. They can take out they own your house. massive loans against it. And then you're the one stuck with a bill. It's a disaster. Do what we did. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure your home is protected and make sure it hasn't already happened to you. Uh, they have a free uh, check for you. It's a $100 value you can get when you sign up for HomeTitleLock.com. Do it, do it, do it, do, do it. it. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Check it out now. HomeTitleLock.com. Back in a second. Glenn Beck. It's Tuesday, October 23rd. So if you've been... This pa- is the Glenn Beck program. Right. If you've been listening to this uh, program uh, for any uh, any period of time, uh, or you've been paying attention to what social media is doing, you are concerned about being deplatformed or having voices that you follow deplatformed or even shadow banned. Shadow ban is even a little more insidious. Um, it's it's when a, for instance, glenbeck.com. We've asked you to sign up and follow us on Facebook. So you do. Then the Google algorithm or the Facebook algorithm decides, yeah, but you really don't want that. And they start to shadow ban. And all of a sudden, they're filtering all of the stuff out that you said you wanted to follow, but they're doing it for political reasons. It is a real danger to freedom of speech and what we're going to do about it. Uh, is kind of up in the air right now. But there is a guy who has been working on this. His name is Matt Whitworth. He's been here before. Uh, He was a senior advisor uh, for various congressional and gubernatorial candidates. Uh, He's the guy who helped put Dave Bratt in office, the primary victory over uh, Eric Cantor. Uh, He's done a, a great documentary series called The Swamp. Now he is working on something called TheUpdate.com. Welcome. Hey, great to be here. What's even worse about the algorithms mm-hmm. is you don't know it's taking place. Correct. That's what's really scary. It's a, it's a, I've been saying, uh, calling it a digital ghetto. It's a digital ghettoization. The Nazis, they didn't make those people disappear right away. They just put them in a ghetto and then built a wall around them. They had the freedom of speech to say whatever they wanted around, you know, behind that wall, but no one heard them. Yeah, well, you were on the front lines of this really in the very beginning because it was this slow drip, right? There was a couple of insiders who worked for these tech companies who came out and said, we're doing this. But the first big story was the Facebook trending column on the side where the employees came out and said, we're suppressing conservative articles. We're Mm -hmm. suppressing articles from the blaze. And I know you went and met with Zuckerberg, as did a lot of other conservative uh, media publishers. But since then, it's just gotten even worse. 
uh, Zuckerberg, I, I'm still convinced that there it doesn't take a coordinated effort in these places. It just takes a few well-placed engineers that have an axe to grind, and they're just changing a little algorithm here, a little algorithm here, based on what they feel. It doesn't have to. It could be a universal dictate, but it doesn't have to be. No, it was the one uh, Twitter employee who took down the president's account yeah. on her way out the door for right. 30 minutes. I mean, that's how simple it is. But then you you compound all of this with, you know, 95% of the political donations coming from Google and Facebook are going to Democratic candidates. They're, 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 it's toxic. It's absolutely toxic, that environment there. It is. And you just don't know with what you're seeing. If you go to YouTube and you type in Glenn Beck or you type in Donald Trump, are you seeing the content that you want to see? Or are you mm-hmm. seeing content that they want you to see? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the big issue. So what we wanted to do with the app is figure out a way that we can aggregate this great conservative video content into one place. Um, and really, it's working with publishers to say, hey, let us take you know your video content from your YouTube page or from your Facebook page um, and aggregate it into one place. And really, let's band together mm-hmm. so that when the Blaze promotes something, PragerU and Conservative Review and Breitbart benefits. And likewise, when they share something, you guys benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really the app is um, it's going to come out later this week on um, Google Play and the App Store. But it's a 21st century version of Drudge Report. It is for conservative video content um, that's out there that's being pushed to the side and, and hidden by these tech companies. Mm-hmm. What platform are you keeping it all on? What do you what do you I mean, you're going to Google Play. I mean, you're going, going right into the hands of the beast. Uh, what are you doing to ensure that they they aren't um, screwing with you and gathering information on, on everybody else. Well, what we were trying to do, because I've heard a lot of people on our side say we need a conservative Facebook or we need a conservative Twitter. Yeah. So what we were trying to do is find a realistic workaround to the algorithm problem that's going on with suppressing mm-hmm. conservative content. So we said, you know, if we can find all these great conservative publishers and say, hey, here's what we want to do. We can all benefit from this by sharing content into one place on the video side. Everyone can benefit. Um, so, yeah, we will be at the mercy of uh, google play and the apple store mm-hmm. but i think this is um uh, sort of the first step to be able to counter that suppression from youtube and facebook so who do you have on board so far so we have uh, conservative review we've talked to breitbart we had a great meeting with prager U last week they're on board obviously the blaze i hope you guys come aboard as well uh, this is the first time hearing of it but i can't imagine we're not yeah so and what we're really doing is you know we're pulling the content from your facebook page and from your youtube so uh, the Blaze channel benefits because the view counts go sure. back to you guys. And the other thing that we want to do um, in this, we're, we're already starting to be introduced to other people. So we have these great young conservative filmmakers who put mm-hmm. out amazing video content mm-hmm. and no one sees it on YouTube or Facebook. Mm-hmm. So we said, hey, we'll be the platform for that. You go out and produce it and, and we'll work with our team and our network to make sure that um, you know half the country that wants to see this content mm-hmm. can actually see your content. So what do you think, because I've done a lot of thinking on this, uh, first of all, congratulations. Thanks. Um, uh, it is, um, uh, this is something that I have wanted to do for about eight years, and I think conservatives are just now starting to say, hey, wait a minute, what was that idea about coming together? <laughs> um, because they're starting to see the writing on the wall uh, in many different directions. Uh, so congratulations on doing that. I fully support anybody who is trying to bring 
everybody together and protecting voices. What do you say um, to the objection that I have in my mind when people say we need a conservative Facebook? No, we don't, because that just puts us in another bubble. Right. You know what I mean? We need to be able, if, if it's known as a conservative thing, only conservatives are going to go there. So how have you wrestled with that in your mind? So I think the first kickoff for that was the Facebook documentary series that I did with the swamp. So we had six members of the House Freedom Caucus and we followed them around the Capitol. And we talked about the big issues plaguing D.C. We had liberal and progressive groups sharing that Facebook series. So Tim Canova, who ran against Debbie Wasserman Schultz, this is a Bernie Sanders acolyte shared the swamp episodes and said, I encourage all of my followers to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it in a way where we didn't put, you know, Republican or conservative next to these guys name. It was all about the content. And that's what a lot of these um, younger conservative filmmakers are doing. They're libertarian leaning, you know, they're conservative leaning. It's more about, hey, let's fix some of the big fundamental issues going on. And then we can get into, you know, some of the more policy debates. So I think um, that kind of content and then just presenting it in a really sleek mobile application. Um, makes it easy for people to interact with the content. Have you uh, have you seen what's happening in Brazil with yeah. uh, with the young libertarians? You know they they are looking at America, going, oh, I mean, we can't sell that. We can't sell the libertarian. It's too stodgy and too old, and you know all this freedom talk that they're doing is not uh, not appealing to uh, the youth, and they are making huge gains and headway. Because, you know, they're 20 somethings that have who are are naturally attracted to freedom and said, there's a better way to package this. I think that's great. And anything you're doing to encourage, uh, you know, 20 somethings to do that, I think is it's time they take charge. Yeah, I think so. Future. I think, you know, having the big conservative publishers on board um, and us banding together, you know, with this program. We're going to find a lot of talented people out there who are, you know, frustrated, who are amazing videographers and filmmakers who mm-hmm. can go out there and shoot this content um, and let them be the bridge to reach the next uh, conservative or libertarian generation. So you're the update dot com. Uh, let me let me um, uh, switch topics with you because, you know, you have consulted uh, with candidates, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think is coming our way Two places first? Blue wave, red wave, no wave. You might as well flip a coin. So I live, I, it's funny, I live uh, three blocks behind the Capitol in D.C. So I am, I describe myself as being a spy behind enemy lines mm-hmm. because D.C. is 94% Democrat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I talk to a lot of guys, both sides of the aisle um, in D.C., and it, you might as well flip a coin. I mean, there's Freedom Caucus guys who say, Republicans hold the House by, but it's only by a couple of seats. There's more people who have said, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be Democrats by a few seats. I really don't know. I think what they are doing with the election is the media is getting so excited looking at this big national view. But when you break down these individual races, they're going to be far more competitive than mm-hmm. what the media is saying. It's always about local. It is. Uh, the Kavanaugh thing, coupled with. Cortez coming out and saying, you know, capitalism's not going to be around forever. The democratic socialist, the surrounding people while they're eating and shouting them down. Have the do you think the Democrats different than the leftists? Do you think the Democrats are waking up to holy cow, who's in our bed? 
Yeah, I was telling somebody earlier this week, the RNC just needs to put out a video of all the people clawing at the door of the Supreme Court. There is a big divide, I think, between like the old school, you know, Democrats, all my parents voted Democrat, I can, you know, continue to vote Democrat, then what's going on in D.C. and people like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. I mean, these are radical leftists. When I was filming uh, with the swamp out in Iowa, I was in Rod Blum's district. And these are we went to a machine shop. These are lifelong, you know, Democrats. A lot of them switched over to vote for President Trump. But I'm talking to them and they go, oh, you know, I still, you know, identify as a Democrat voter. So I just rattle off a couple of issues and I'm like, dude, I hate to break it to you, man. You're 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 no longer in this Democratic Party. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But two weeks away. How do how do you think the president and uh, the Republicans should respond to this caravan coming up? Stop it. I mean, I think the president's made it clear we're either a country of laws or we're not. And, you know, the the ruse that they're using that this is um, it's amazing how well the left uses terminology to try to convey people to their side, because now they're asylum seekers. You know, they're asylum seekers. Well, if they're asylum seekers. You apply for asylum in the first country that you arrive to, mm-hmm. which would be Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it's not about that. It's about getting to the United States. It's about sending money back to their country. Um, I don't even know if it's about that. These guys are these guys are Marxist uh, that are upset at uh, the 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 uh, politicians in Honduras that kicked their Marxist uh, guy out who had ties to Venezuela and to Castro in Cuba. They've been trying to do all kinds of stunting in in Honduras. They're they're carrying the Honduran flag. The, the, these guys are Marxist radicals. At least the leadership is. I, I would have to imagine that if I was in a their situation, if I was legitimately a refugee and I got to Mexico and Mexico was willing to hear my case or process me, I would wait in line for as long as it took to help mm-hmm. you know myself or my family. Mm-hmm. For them to just break down the barricades and and charge the police officers in Mexico and say, guys, you can't stop us. We're going all the way to the United States. And right, you know, singing the Honduras national anthem. Yeah, it's this is about politics and who's funding them. Yeah, it's a great issue. But um, the president should stand strong and stop it if they make it that far. All right. The uh, the name of the uh, app, it's launching when? This week? Yeah, launching this week. So you can go to theupdate.com, uh, give us the email address, and we'll send you early access into this week when it hits both um, the Apple Store and Google Play. Great. Thank you very much for coming by. Thanks. All Kevin. right. It's uh, theupdate.com. All right, let me tell you a little bit about uh, American financing. Um, I'm very concerned about something um, that's going to sound insane. A shortage of dollars. Uh, There is a shortage of dollars coming. And I know that sounds crazy because we've been printing all these dollars. Where are all these dollars? Well, the problem is, is the government keeps spending more and more dollars. And the government is looking for people to buy our treasuries, which is a giant loan with U.S. dollars. And so the more we spend, the more dollars the government is gobbling up. Also, because all of the banks took out loans in U.S. dollars. I'm sorry, not the banks, the uh, other countries, the emerging countries took out these giant loans in American dollars. They're now having a shortage of dollars. They, to pay those loans off, they need dollars, which means it's going to be harder for you to actually get a house. Shortage of dollars. Usually the way to fix that, 
really high interest rates. Congratulations. If you're looking to uh, buy a house, now is the time. Now is the time. Go to AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440 with interest rates rising. And I'm telling you, it, they're going to rise. When they start to rise rapidly from this, we're going to have only two choices. Below zero interest rates or really high. I don't know. I just, if you want something stable right now, AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So Alyssa Milano was asked by a conservative investigative reporter uh, if she'll disavow Linda Sarsour uh, at a Me Too panel. Listen. Uh, you are friends with Linda Sarsour, and both of you ladies have positioned yourself as speakers and representatives for the Me Too movement. I want to ask you right now to disavow Linda Sarsour because she is a supporter of Sharia law. Thanks for your, your question. Movement is a sham movement. You guys are fake. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's true. very distinct not a plentiful crowd I, I was say. just going to say that a lot of empty Notice seats there there's a lot of empty seats I don't think anybody is really there it's only, it's a very small group of radicals that are really dedicated to this kind of stuff and she asked look, I guess her tone wasn't acceptable to Alyssa uh, but I mean you know she asked a very fair question. This is a woman who is supporting an ideology and a movement that is brutal to women all over the world. Much worse than uh, the certainly much worse than what you know what Aziz Ansari did or Louis C.K. did. Uh, you know, or the founders, or or the right. I know. <laughs> founders, the founders were so oppressive. Really, have yeah. you seen Sharia law? Yeah, it's not not good. Uh, so. I mean, I just, it's a totally fair question. And the fact that they continue to embrace Linda Sarsour is bizarre. It's like, it, you know, what does she bring to the table? You know, she's just, they, I guess you just cross that line. If you're going to be radical and you'll stand up and you'll keep saying radical things, they will embrace you no matter what. Remember, we did something years and years ago about why the, um, the Sarsours and the Keith Ellisons were brought into the movement uh, and it was a decision to uh, make sure you didn't lose the Islamic vote in the future. So they went out and they found, and I'm not saying that those two, but they went out and they found, you know, connections to the Islamic community and brought them in and gave them positions uh, inside to make sure that we we lock up the Islamic vote. And so that's at mm-hmm. least how they got in is they were saying, well, we have to have a broad tent. We have to have a very big tent. No, no, you really, no, not There's with certain, people who are saying Sharia law. Yeah, no, I don't think You're so You're outside either. the tent. It, it really comes down to the media has not held the movement accountable. Remember, this is someone who... Uh, you know, and uh, because there's many victims of really terrible things, sometimes that occurs, but it's more than that. It's ideology. You know, and one of the founders of the Me Too movement uh, wa- has shown now that she also had uh, accusations against her 
from a, and she did sleep with a very young castmate in one of her mm-hmm. movies. She was uh, dating uh, Anthony Bourdain, who we now know obviously killed himself later on, but was at the time a CNN employee paying off the person who's making the accusation. I uh, think that, I mean, it's amazing to me that no one has said, did that contribute to his death? I, I've had the same thought. I mean, I mean it's, I, you, know. I mean, you know, look, suicide is unreasonable. So you're not in your right mind when mm-hmm. you commit suicide. But there are things that um, that that can be so disjointed in your head that you can never solve them. You can never repair them. If if he is at CNN and he really does believe in the Me Too movement and he really believes he's on the right side and he's having to go to work with a bunch of journalists who say, you know, we got to throw all these guys away and look, they all do this. And his girlfriend has done it to a guy, a kid, and he's now paying a bribe to shut him up. That conf- that internal conflict in an unhealthy person has got to has got to play a role in his suicide. Has to. Nobody's willing to look at that. Why? I mean, I don't know. If, if you're a psychiatrist. Call me and tell me how I'm wrong on that. But that cognitive dissonance had to have played a major role, or at least a big role. I want you to listen to this resume. Okay. Listen carefully. Mm -hmm. He's a lawyer for porn stars. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. You know him. You love him. Mm -hmm. Michael Avenatti. Mm. Okay? He's a lawyer for porn stars. He has been at the front lines of... Some of the craziest people around, uh, including the oh yeah, he was running a uh, you know a, a gang rape ring when he was fourteen. <laughs> took that client. He took that client. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yesterday, uh, we can add to his uh, resume that he suffered two court losses. Uh, one, a judge ordered him to pay four point eight five million to a former lawyer uh, who Michael Avenatti had already lost a court case and, and and settled on 10 million dollars he still owes him 4.85 the you know he was taken to court for the additional money and the judge was like yeah dude you settled on this this is already a court case you've settled you have to pay that okay so added to his re- resume one he uh didn't pay somebody was sued settled broke the law tried to get around it and was forced a second time in court also he another judge in another case uh said that he and his staff have to be evicted from their offices the you know attorney offices uh because he hasn't paid rent for four months (laughs) now when you look at a resume like that some might say failure, yeah, trouble, massive failure. I say next Democratic presidential nominee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, doesn't he have ah. all of the qualifications now? He doesn't know how to manage money. 
He's getting evicted because he's not paying his bills. He doesn't listen to the court and what they say. If he doesn't like it, he just does something else. Hangs out with porn stars. I mean, this this sounds great. This is uh, fundamentally, this is like you created Frankenstein's monster. It's like from scratch, the Democratic nominee. (laughs) This This is is like if you could design it with DNA, this is This is him. Yeah. So there is one (laughs) other thing that I would just like to uh, point out um, that I, I found I don't know, maybe appropriate for an an attorney like him, uh, that uh, his offices were in the Fashion Island Mall. Mm. And I don't care how nice, you know, if you're if you're if your attorney's office smells like, uh, you know, uh, Auntie Anne's pretzels. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I, I just don't think you should be taken seriously. That's a really good point. I don't know, though, if you're trying to to. To capture, you know, porn clients stars? like porn stars. You can't put your office in a strip club, right? Like you gotta right. find somewhere to put it. Yeah, where else? Uh, <laughs> VD clinics. Yeah. That's not uh, a bad one. Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Fashion Island Mall. Not, those are all pretty good. <laughs> I mean, pretty good options. Yeah, Fashion so. Island Mall, though, closest to the Auntie Anne's. So I right. think I mean, that would make sense. If you want pretzels, you know, or if you just always said, <laughs> man, I love the smell of Cinnabon. Oh, yeah. He's your attorney. Yeah, I think so. He's your attorney. It's interesting because I wonder after seeing all these things uh, as they've developed, if his move to the public eye, this very loud representation of Stormy Daniels was not just a move of desperation. Like, I'm out of money. I'm going to go bankrupt. I need to get into the public eye and maybe I can. Yeah. My only other option is to die a drunk alone someplace in a bar (laughs) i was talking to somebody who's pretty well versed in media circles about this and and about avenatti a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and he's saying that like the the media knows this guy is a nut job Mm -hmm. they they know he's a nut job they know he's crazy really they know he is he's not a real player Hmm. and they actually don't like him they're just waiting for that moment to be able to torch him get rid of him mm-hmm. and here it is mm-hmm. i mean we're here they've just yeah. now they're all reporting on how all of his finances are terrible they're mm-hmm. all the background on his on his his uh you know his settlements in court that all could have been done months ago yeah no they're done they're, they're just done with they're all now. set with him now yeah, the Stormy daniels thing didn't work out yeah so they've moved on to something else yeah, which so. is intriguing he'll be at the planned parenthood setting up his office i'm sure soon I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, he's got to go someplace. L- listen to this. Cause, and this is the way the media does these things, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Now, George Soros reportedly had an explosive device in his mailbox uh, over overnight, mm-hmm. which needless to say, but we should say it anyway, is a horrific idea if anyone were ever to do that. And you are an awful person in every respect uh, if you were to be responsible for such a thing. In other days, <laughs> for the rest, for my entire life up until the last five or six years... I would say it it goes beyond saying that this shouldn't happen. But now you have to. You just gotta, because if you don't say that, well, what is it? Look, he was condoning it. Yeah. And and beyond this, this goes to what we were talking about yesterday with Nancy Pelosi, harassing mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi while she's out in the streets. These are terrible, terrible ideas. Terrible don't ideas. be the left. Don't do the things they're doing. We've seen that the left has been violent. Uh, ask people who are playing baseball, this congressional baseball game. Uh, you know, we've seen that before. We've seen uh, the harassment of officials in places. I would much rather have the on our argument, uh, as, as in our repertoire of argument, that we're not we're not the ones doing that. They are. So don't play into that. I you know I know no one in this audience would, uh, and we have no idea by the way who did this. I mean, certainly the speculation is is a George Soros opponent. 
um, you know, someone on the on the right. But I mean, could be his wife. I mean, I'm just saying we have no idea who it is. Right. (laughs) Um, But listen to this coverage from The New York Times. Now, look, I get that they are liberal. I get it. And I understand that they're not going to look at George Soros maybe the same way that I do. Okay, I get that. But this is just to the point uh, of like you've checked out mentally no. to write a, a, a piece of a story that says this. <laughs> Come on. Though Mr. Soros's name has become a trigger for a subset of Republicans and conservatives. Now, right off the bat, you're just condescending, right? It's not, not, not that he's done anything you could possibly disagree with. Right. It's and, just a trigger name. And forget that yeah. several countries have named him an enemy of freedom. <laughs> not like a group of people, but like they've passed laws against him. I mean, yeah, I mean, just a subset. You know, just, just about six countries have, have named him, an, uh, you know, a, a danger to their freedom and have banned any other of his money you know from coming into the country but that's just a small subset what there's 170 countries (laughs) there's a uh, you know and the word trigger think of how that's normally used a Mm. conservative would say like some uh student hears a word they don't like and Mm. they go hide in a safe space they were triggered right Mm. like it's a condescending term again for a talk show host for a for huffington post blogger it's Mm. fine to use Mm. that sort of like for the new york times to say uh uh, the mr source's name has become (laughs) a a, a trigger oh my gosh uh, for a subset of Republicans oh. and conservatives. This is this is how they report who he is, though. Oh. He has said that his main goal as a political activist was to see a return of bipartisanship. <laughs> what kind of bonkers world do you have to believe? that he? Of course, everybody says they want bipartisanship. George Soros is not a bipartisan figure. He is one of the largest donors in the history of the Democratic Party. And he all he's launched a foundation that has funneled money to every crazy left-wing cause on the planet. But we're supposed to, without question, there's not like an argument. The only thing we hear from conservatives is they're triggered by his name. What's his name? George Soros. Ah! Okay. Sorry, it's it's, uh, it's just happens sometimes. He has said it's... You the- know what's, what's mm. crazy? Is you know who's more bipartisan? Mm. The Koch brothers. Totally. The Koch brothers, yes. they're, they're, they're not conservatives. They're libertarian, which means they give to both sides. Sometimes they're on this side. Sometimes they're on that side. They are on social, on social issues almost exclusively with the Democrats. They're not conservatives. No. And yet they're not bipartisan. They're evil. It's, it's, it's incomprehensible, yeah, some it's of this nuts. coverage. Listen to this one. This is from uh, the New York Times as well. This is their story about how anatomy does not determine gender, experts say. That's the headline. Let me just say that again. Could you say that again? Anatomy, Anatomy does not determine gender, experts say. Got it. Now, okay. this is, of course, a pushback on Trump's policy to use biological sex as, a, as the determining mm-hmm. factor. And, mm-hmm. and I guess you don't get to just make it up anymore. Um, but listen, I mean, listen to this. And I've read this several times. Mm-hmm. And it's actually changed in meaning as I've read it. But listen to this. How do you d- uh, define identity? Researchers say gender identity comes from the brain, not the body. Some put it more bluntly. It originates between your ears, not between your legs. Now, what they seem to be describing there is something different than we're describing. What they're describing is a feeling, right? Like, I feel like I'm a woman. Now, you can feel like you're a woman. I believe Shania Twain at one point felt like a woman. 
And I don't know if she still does. I assume she does. It's fluid. But it's fluid. Who knows? Uh, but like to say that you feel that way is almost in a, in a, in a, in a roundabout sort of way, a, a criticism of transgenderism, right? Where a conservative would say, you're not transgendered. You just feel like you're transgender. That's a different thing. Oh, They're that saying be, that is what it is. That would be. It is the, a feeling. Which used to be called, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. gender dysphoria. And In a, that feeling was uh, was categorized by medical scientists as something that was harmful to your mental health. Right. right. It was there. And, and, and certainly there are cases like that uh, where at least there used to be that, that were admitted as a as a, you know, a real problem with in, in mental health. However, there are other cases, too, where like, for example, we used to use the term tomboy. Right. For a girl who seemed to like to do a lot of the things that boys did, maybe acted like a boy a little bit. And you call that person a tomboy. You didn't call them a an actual boy. Right? It was it was a nickname for someone who was a girl, but mm. acted like a boy. Mm-hmm. I guess my question here would be if it's true, gender comes from the brain, not the body, or it originates between your ears, not between your legs. Why do they have surgery? Why do why do they change what is between their legs if it has nothing to do with what's between their legs? Why are these two things associated at all? They seem to be talking about a collection of personality attributes, right? Like I like uh, I like sports. I like you know I like uh, action movies. I like you know giant prime rib. I have general issues that are interests that are with the male. Therefore, I'm male. They're so, talking about male interests or something. You know who will who be able to explain this? Who's that? And be able to make sense one way or another? Explain both sides is uh, Doctor Deborah So. Yes, she'd be great. Let's call her up. Have her on tomorrow because I'd like an explanation of that. Why bother getting your genitals changed if it's got nothing to do right. with your genitals? And isn't that just gender dysphoria? And haven't we at times said that's bad? What research has shown us that it's not bad? Because suicide rate remains the same. So we've, you know, we've said this was, this was bad because gender dysphoria leads to all kinds of different things mm-hmm. and general unhappiness. Okay, so... What research said that if we say that it's not bad and we go through with surgeries and everything, that it will lead to a different outcome? And and I think like that's an important piece of it. I mean, I think the outcomes are not all that positive. But beyond that, whether the outcome is good or bad, there is truth. There is a fact. No, no, no. Like, I don't understand. Like, the word gender meant sex organs forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you want to, instead of changing the word gender to mean something new, then instead say, okay, actually, this is an interesting uh, personality trait. They see they seem to see themselves as a man, and and, and isn't that interesting? And they can do what the, what they want. I have no interest in what they're doing to themselves uh, from a perspective, uh, you know, like from a libertarian perspective, eh, do whatever the heck they okay, want so to yourself. Let, let's, but like, there is also a fact here. Right, so let's get into this tomorrow because the fact on gender, when you say, well, it used to mean sex. Well, yeah, it used to mean sex, but it doesn't now. And the guy who changed it was a psychopath. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll start with that and let's see if we can get, uh, Dr. So on tomorrow's program to go over that. <clears throat> All right. My Patriot Supply. 
What do you think is going to happen? The stock market is down 445 points right now. Uh, it's had uh, it's been it's been pretty bad lately. What happens if the Democrats take control of Congress and we have 7000 people on our border? What do you think happens? What do you, th- uh, what do you think the economy is like next year? Seems pretty bad. May I suggest uh, that we are just in the same fragile position that we have been for a long time. It just gets spookier and spookier. We're just right on that edge. I hope we don't go over the edge, but I will tell you, I have my family prepared. Do you? Preparedness is critical in today's world. The world is getting more and more insane. And thank goodness, you know, people are standing up and starting to say the truth. But the truth will make you miserable at first because there's a massive correction coming. Preparewithglenn.com. I want you to go there now. My Patriot Supply has the food storage. They have two-week food kit, which will get you started. This week, you'll save 62 bucks when you go to preparewithglenn.com or you call 800-200-7163. It's a two-week food kit. Right now, save about 60 bucks. Uh, on two weeks of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Last up to 25 years, and it's really good stuff. Call 800-200-7163. 800-200-7163 or preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck. We just had the most amazing conversation off air. We were talking about what we were talking about a minute ago on sex and gender. And I said, look, sex is what you were born with and gender is how you feel. That was the term. And I actually said this. That was the term as I understood it about three weeks ago. Now, maybe it has changed. Think of that. We'd, we're trying to have serious conversations about things and people are changing and taking away meanings of words without really explaining what all of that means and you're in trouble if you don't know what it means this is insanity it is insanity i mean and this this could be this could be a knock like you could be a critic a critic and say this hey you know what gender is coming from your brain not the body what is it between your ears and not your legs that that could be a conservative criticizing the new understanding of gender instead it's their explanation of it that is a fascinating and i don't know how that is different from what we've been saying the whole time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. We'll try to get that answer tomorrow. Glenn, Beck, Mercury.